Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA Summer League. We also talk about the Carmelo situation with him going to either Houston or going to Cleveland or staying in with the New York Knicks. We also talked about Kirk Cousins and him signing a one franchise tag for $23.9 million and what that does with the Washington Redskins. My co-hosts Earl Ross and Adrian Catwell join me right now next on Guys Talking Sports. to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. I'm one of the co-hosts, Al Qualls, and I appreciate you guys subscribing and checking us out and commenting and doing all those type of things. But we're going to get started and talk about what's going on in the world of sports today. I got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. So what's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing today? Uh, I've been vibing to some old 90s Ill and Al scratch, so uh, can't complain. Yeah, you know, that's, that's always a beautiful Tuesday. <laughs> uh, Ill and Al Scratch one of, used to be one of my favorites. <laughs> Just bit that up. This brings back memories. <laughs> but <laughs> I digress. Um, all right, we're going to get started and going on. Um, I guess we could get started with the NBA. Um, Summer League is just is for the most part over with. Uh, so, you know, the Lakers came out being victorious as the Summer League champions in the Las Vegas League division. So, just want to get your thoughts on that. Of course, um, Lonzo Ball got triple, um, received MVP honors because um, he had a couple of triple doubles. Um, but just, just give me your thoughts and take on the summer league real quick as a wrap up to what the NBA is looking forward to um, in the off season and the beginning of this upcoming season. Uh, well, I think from a, um, I mean, to me, I don't put much stock in, in, in some of these anyway. I mean, they're playing not against the A-League, you know, the A-League talent. So, I mean, the Lakers did win, you know, did win the championship and they gave an MVP to Lonzo Boy. You know, he didn't play in the last game because of a string calf. But, um, I mean, I guess from a Lakers standpoint, I guess this is probably the most excitement they had around, you know, that team in a very long time. So, I think from a Magic standpoint, to get that energy and, you know, to get that interest, you know, back into the Lakers, you know, brand, I think Lonzo Ball and everything that's going on, love it or hate it, it's good for business. It's good for business for the Lakers. It's also good for business for the NBA. I mean, um, you know, this keeps the talk about basketball going. Um, you're talking about the Lakers and what they mean, but, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, the rookies actually, you know, played, you know, very well. So I think um, it remains to be seen how this rookie class is going to turn out. But I think a lot of the top, you know, top five rookies, you know, did look very well in some elite games. Like I said, you can't take much stock into it. But I think if you're if, if you're the Lakers, if you're um, you, well, not the Sixers necessarily because Marco Fultz got hurt, but if you're the Lakers or if you're Boston or some of the other teams, I think you should probably come out of this feeling pretty positive that your your rookies that you drafted, you know, look look looked okay. Well, I have to echo those sentiments that you just mentioned, uh, uh, Earl. Uh, the rookies play like rookies. The summer league, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hard to watch. It's 
in my opinion, it's kind of awful. And you know, it's it's a lot of times when you got the college kids kind of trying to adjust the NBA flow, the NBA uh, shot, the, the, the three point line, etc. But it just seemed really ugly. Uh, almost like, what's the point of having coaches on the sideline if you're just going to let them play street style basketball with no types of structure and uh, no types of anything? You know, it's, it just seemed real. If it wasn't just a pick and roll type of action per play where somebody sit and pick for somebody to create open shots, uh, it just looked, looked real sloppy, you know. Something to do, I guess it's during the summer months where sports are kind of slow, but it gives NBA fans something to look forward to for two or three weeks uh, while it's going on. But for the most part, uh, Lonzo Ball kind of shut up some of the critics for right now, but, you know, he's playing against dudes that are – Going to be working at Foot Locker and different places here real soon. So, <laughs> um, so we'll see. Uh, like Earl said, you know, I don't know if Philly just has this curse about all their first round draft picks getting hurt. Um, but it, you know, outside of that, everybody seemed to play well and everybody, you know, pretty much did what they were supposed to do. So I will be looking forward to see how things unfold leading up into October and see if the, the power of the Western Conference will continue if Carmelo is swayed somewhere out West or he'll remain in the East. Yeah, to me, yeah, I agree. I also echo those words. The summer league was, wasn't, you know, I, I didn't put much stock into it um, because of the simple fact that, you know, the rookies are going, it's really just a, a chance for the rookies to showcase what they can do. Um, and although, uh, you know, it's still a rookie league. So you had a couple of rookie first year players playing. So I really didn't take much into what that was going to happen. I'm more curious to see what they do come preseason or like the first couple of games in the off season. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, Adrian, in regards to like the summer league play. Um, even though ESPN did um, broadcast it, which I thought it was a good idea for them um, because a lot of people was was going to watch it anyway. Um, but I really think that the off-season where the moves are being made in the background, I think those, I think it's the focal point of the summer um, with a lot of changes, the free agency and things of that, like that. Summer League, to me, was just the back end to what already, already has been a crazy off-season. Um, as far as free agents moving and things like that. So I'm curious to see what they do. Um, I'm very also curious to see what they're going to handle as far as the mellow situation because there's been a lot of talks about that. And we'll talk a little bit about that maybe down the road too. But as far as the summer league is concerned, I wasn't, you know, Lonzo Ball was MVP. You know, it's not really a big deal. I know it gives Lakers fans hope um, and something to look forward to because they, you know, with the roster that they have, it's, they're going to be interesting to watch. I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but they will be interesting to watch. And Laker fans can have some type of joy, you know, being okay with the fact that they got some um, – they're going to get something out of this season. So that's my take on that. Um, but getting back to the mellow situation, um, reports up here in New York, in the New York area, is basically saying that um, – Carmelo basically wants to go to either Houston or um, Cleveland. Um, only those two places where he'll 
um, waive his no trade clause. But every place else, he'll, you know, put that clause in effect. So my question is to you guys is, is that do you think that eventually the Knicks are going to ha- are going to move Carmelo out before this off before preseason preseason even starts? I don't know. I mean, you don't even have a a designated GM at the moment who who you can be, you know, sure is calling the shots. I mean, who's calling the shots? Um, Sam Sam Winky or Dolan or I, I don't know. I mean, at a particular point. My my expectation is that Carmelo Anthony will be a New York Knickerbocker when the season starts off and will probably be a New York Knickerbocker past the trade deadline unless something major happens. Well, before you say that, um, Melo did, I guess, um, reports are coming out that Melo's team is saying that Melo is not interested to play, is not interested in playing for the New York Knicks no more, period. So... Does that change your opinion? Is my question because those reports did come out today that he may not, he's not interested. Well, there are rumors speculating that he's not interested in playing in, with the New York Knicks anymore. It's either you trade me or something, you know, or else. I mean, it's rumors, it's trade. I mean, it's leverage and talks of trying to get, you know, to get itself out of, you know, New York, you know, you know, first thing smoking. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, if he wants to go to Cleveland or Rockets, you got to find teams willing to move around assets. And right now, they were having a hard time trying to find four teams. Unless that dynamic changes between today and the beginning of the NBA season. And right now, I don't think there's any team really that's in dire need to do anything right now to pull the trigger. So I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's talk right now. Until we get to the NBA, you know, training camp, we see if Melo's not even at training camp or whatever, then, then maybe we can have a different conversation at that time. But right now, I think it's just all talk, just to try to get leverage, to try to get a good deal out. My bigger question is, what will Houston have to give up to get Carmelo versus what will Cleveland have to give up to get Carmelo? Well, I know for a fact that um, Ryan Anderson's contract has been thrown out there from Houston um, in regards to um, they would take back, of course, Ryan Anderson, maybe uh, Trevor Ariza um, in addition to or another piece um, in there. I mean, because Ryan Anderson's contract is is just about doable in itself. But the teams have been talking to other play, other teams. I mean, they have been talking to other teams to make it either a four-way or even a five-way um, team deal. So it, it's not like they're, you know, they're they're trying to work something out. I don't think the Knicks wanted Ryan Anderson. I think that's what the problem is. That's what's stalling them right now. To answer your question, Adrian. <laughs> well. Uh... Looks like, to me, in my opinion, Houston would have to give up the farm to land Mello. And then there's still no there's still no guarantee that Paul George is going to stay in Houston for more than a year, considering he wants to go to L.A. So... Paul George, Houston, you mean Paul George and um, Paul George is OKC. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm you mean sorry. Chris Paul? Right, right, sorry. Chris Paul. Chris Paul... Still a, a top five point guard, but he's not the the point guard that he was. I don't know three four years ago. You know, prove me wrong. I, 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 no, I'm saying I, I, 
I don't know if he's really a top five. Right? Oh, um, you know what it is? I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Chris Paul is a, is, and you know what? It's funny because we're just having this argument on Twitter. Um, they had Chris Paul ranked as as a top three point guard, and to me, he hasn't done anything for me to prove wise in the playoffs that he's worthy of a top three point guard in the NBA right now. Um, and that's just my opinion. You know, a lot of people, of course, is going to have difference of opinions. But, I mean, easily I could put Curry and Kyrie in the top two. And I could put Russell Westbrook if you're, if you're really thinking about, you know, who's the top, some of the top point guards. I mean, as much as I like Chris Paul, I just he hasn't done anything in the Clipper years for me to put him ahead of those three guys easily. Um, maybe I could find another mother two more to, to overtake him as being a top five point guard. Um, maybe I could, but I don't think he's, I don't know. I, I, I would have to really debate about some of the things that he is, but he's definitely not a top three. Uh, he's definitely lower than that, in my opinion. Maybe in the top six or seven, but I don't know about the top three. Well, even still, is there enough ball I guess in this case, there would be enough ball to go around in Houston because I guess Chris Paul would limit himself to be the third option. You know, with uh, the Beard being number one and if Melo would be the number two option. But uh, it's going to be interesting because all these teams are now trying to form these kind of these super teams and they, they're not taking heed to Miami, when they first formed their super team, uh, and the struggles that they had. Now, I'm like Boston when they got their super team again. I think they won their championship the first year, which was cool. But you see the struggles that they had the years after, <laughs> though they were still together. Um, so, I mean, it's just going to be interesting. You know, you, and then you just got Cleveland sitting off in the wing, like, okay. They fired their GM, which was the, the most idiotic thing I could ever think of. You don't fire the GM because they're not winning championships. Heck, they got there three years in a row. You just can't help it. They go state. It's just that much better. Well, technically, I think Cleveland would have won it the first year if Kyrie and Love weren't hurt. The first year. And, of course, the, it's debatable the second year. That could have gone either way. Then, of course, last year. You know, this past season is just nobody was touching that Golden State team. Um, Cleveland is just in a flux right now, so I would think you know if Melo really wanted to get his opportunity for a ring, he would be easy to go to Cleveland just because of the path. But I guess the question is where the Melo goes. I mean, he's going to want to play for a championship, whether it's going to be the Houston or whether the Cavs. I mean, I think eventually, at the end of the day, he's probably going to end up on one of those teams unless there's a third dark horse out there that we don't know about, which is always plausible. But from Cleveland's standpoint, does Melo make you – get you over the hump of beating of beating um, Golden State? And does Melo make the Rockets with Chris Paul and James Harden get them better to get over the hump to beat Golden State? I – my opinion, I don't see it for either team. It will be interesting to see how this plays out because 
no matter how this shapes up, whether he goes to Houston, whether he goes to Cleveland, some team is going to catch, is going to get, you know, is is not going to get much for this. Um, whether, however they strike a deal, um, whether it's the Knicks or whoever is added into the to, to the trade, um, it looks like Melo is Melo basically is is basically letting them know that right now I don't really have no desire of playing here. And from the Knicks management, whoever it is, they need to figure out something to move him because you don't want this to be lingering over you for the preseason and the offseason. Like, you need to get this squared away one way or another. So my advice to Nick management would be to do whatever you can to get whatever you can from Carmelo Anthony and figure out how you're going to do it and just take it from there and just realize the fact that, you know, this is maybe a lose-lose situation. It's better to get something than for nothing, a la, you know, Kevin Durant, a la um, some other people that, that left. So... Well, uh, can you see Melo Cleveland putting them over the hump? I mean, no. there's, one, there's no real hump for Cleveland. Uh, right now, there's some young upstart gun teams. Milwaukee will definitely give them a run for their money this coming season. Um, Washington, they'll always give them a run just because they're young and got a good coach. But there's no real – well, Boston now. Um but still, Melo's chances to get to a championship is better. Getting there, I say, is better with Cleveland, in my opinion, than going to Houston. Hell, if you want to cross spade to spade, his chance of going to a finals is better in Chicago. He would have went a couple of years ago instead of staying, was, with, instead of staying with the Knicks. I was just thinking that. <laughs> You're a spot on. But I didn't mean to cut you off, Ace, but... Oh, no, 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 no. I understand. You know, I totally understand that, but... Um, oh, snap. Uh, but it's just interesting. I don't know. Melo holds all the cards, but I guess with his contract being so expensive and untouchable, really, and Cleveland don't really have the players. I mean, in order for that trade to work, I think they got to give up love. Oh yeah, they would definitely have to give up love for that. For that. Um, and let's see, you give up love for Melo. Of course, you get a lot more production offensively, but then your defensive production falls off big time. So, and how can you sit there and instill defense to a dude that's never played defense in the NBA? So he just can't just immediately just begin to want to play defense. Now I see why he wants to go to Houston because it's just that run and gun open type offense where he doesn't have to play defense. It's just, let's just score more points and see who wins. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And then go play for the team with the coach who you didn't like when he was in New York and said it was either him or me. He left, you stayed, and now you want to possibly go to the Houston back to the same coach who you had beef with. To me, that just a, is a big head scratcher. <laughs> the big head scratcher now, they were talking about buying them out when Bill Jackson got fired. Probably that was maybe the thing that broke it, but he wasn't off what he was suggesting about buying Melo out because he was not going to waive his trade clause and they couldn't get anything for him. So he 
to me, Phil Jackson is looking a little bit more and more better in this move if they eventually trade him or buy him out. No, I can't agree. I mean from I, that from that particular yeah, okay, from that okay. From okay. that particular point, I'll give him that. But everything else okay. prior to that, no. But Okay. But I, I I mean, and I'm sorry, but this is also Melo's fault too, because like you said before, he could have left to go to a winning organization. He had every opportunity, but yet he be, he chose to come back to the Knicks because his desire, he wanted to win in New York. Like, he wanted the money. And the money, all right, and the money. But but truth be told, like like Earl said, when he had the opportunity to do it in Chicago, that money, wouldn't, it wasn't enough where it was a drop-off. Like, he could have went there and been a part of the winning organization. Hey. He would have had Derrick Rose. He would have had Jimmy Butler. He would have had Noah. He would have had all those people there. Taj Gibson would still would have been there. There would have been a formidable team to challenge Miami at the time or Cleveland at the time. He so would have been squatted up big time. Definitely. And plus Thibodeau was still there. So they had every opportunity. All he had to do was just accept it. But he wanted to come back for the money. And because of his family wanting to stay in New York. So, yeah. And he thought that he could lure other players in New York, which in the past wouldn't have been such a problem. But I don't know. The Knicks is just pure dysfunction. I don't know who's worse in New York, the Knicks or the Nets. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop but doing... you know what, though? I, at least the Nets, the Nets are trying to do something. They're trying to build. I, you don't know what the heck the New York is trying to do. Well, like you said, when the management is where it is, you know, it's difficult. And I said I said this – when we said this last week, when I was saying, like, you know, until about the people who need to do something, the fans need to do something about it. But the Knicks are at a point position where they could turn it around if they – if Dolan is willing to commit to the people that he's bringing in. And outside of Phil Jackson, of course, but other people that he's bringing in. Putting Steve Mills, president of the operations, doesn't change a thing. And until they do something with that type of management, like he sort of easily gave Perry that position and just let him run it the way he seems fit. And if it means getting rid of the people that Dolan likes, then so be it. But Dolan is not the type of person that gets rid of the people that he likes. So, but. We could talk more about the Knicks. I mean, we could spend a whole day about talking about the Knicks. <laughs> but we're going to move on because, you know, Summer League is over with. Um, they're going to focus on the NBA offseason, and we'll talk more about that when the time comes. So let's get into a little bit of football news um, real quick because, uh, as you know, Kirk Cousins uh, signed a one-year – well, he signed a franchise tag. Um, so he's playing the season on a franchise tag for about $23.9 million. Uh, so he did not want to sign a long-term contract. So let me get your thoughts on what Kirk Cousins is doing and what do you think is that something that he should be doing or, you know, maybe it's the communication between him. I mean, it's the workout between him and the Washington Redskins. So I'm just going to let you guys talk about that. Now, it's interesting. I read a small excerpt where – the the GM, I believe, of the Redskins kind of gave the public an idea of what was going on. That they offered him a five a five year contract, and he would have been given a guarantee to seventy million, which would have made him 
the second highest player in NFL history back in May, but he turned it down because he and his agent feels that he's better off working off one-year contracts, <laughs> which to me is the most dumbfounded thing I've ever heard in life, especially in football, because there's no contract guaranteed unless you get your guaranteed money up front. So Kirk Cousins, you know, thinking and believing in his abilities, can go out there and think that, okay, I'm a, I played last year on the tag at 19, so this year I'm going to play on the tag at 24. I, I amassed $45 million in two years. I think I can continue to do this every year, but here's the thing. So what happens if he goes ahead and uh, plays this year under that tag and then week six, he's, he's done or his career is done. So he's not only got, and I believe the franchise tag is guaranteed. So he had his guaranteed money and that's it. So I, I like, I like the fact that he's gambling on himself to do this. But it's idiotic because unlike baseball, unlike basketball, and possibly hockey, I'm not familiar with hockey and contracts, but football is the only sport that does not have guaranteed contract unless you get your money up front. So it, it's this mind boggling to me that he didn't even consider that. No, I don't think he even really wanted to play with the 40, I mean, the Redskins, to be perfectly honest, because there was allegedly no counteroffer um, to their offer. And it didn't help the whole situation anymore that David Carr got that killer contract, you know, that he did in the midst of their negotiation. So it's it's an interesting tactic he's playing. I think he's playing – he's trying to play long ball, thinking that, okay, they can't franchise tag me for another year. They got to either do a transitional tag, which means that um, next year you're, you're 49ers, and a few other teams are going to have a whole lot of money to be able to um, offer, and he's thinking, hey, I play one more good season, just doesn't get hurt. Next year, he's run on the market, and he can have teams court him. The 49ers will have the option to try to match it, but I am think he's looking for that big, huge payday, long, longer contract next year, especially if he has a really, really good season. And there are a lot of teams out there that are hurting for QBs. No, I agree with that, but <laughs> – it, Adrian makes a valid point. Like, I understand the reasoning behind it, but it all comes down to whether or not you remain healthy. Like, you just one leg injury or one injury away from – and what makes it bad because even when it could be a minor injury or four weeks, all that's going to do is devalue you for next year's um, pay. Teams are going to look at you, and, and the first thing they're going to say is, man, you just had an injury for – you was out for like four to six weeks with an injury. Right. So how do you think you're going to get more money, you know, with that? How do you think you're going to – how are you going to expect for more money? Unless you, you're taking a really big gamble on yourself. Just, just, like Drew, just like Drew Brees. When Drew Brees got traded from wherever he was to the Saints, they traded him because they didn't think he was worth anything. After his bum shoulder. I mean, he proved everybody wrong, but. No, you're right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And he proved everybody wrong, but it doesn't work like that for everybody. So, you know, it's a big gamble. And I, 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 kudos for him with taking a risk. But 
can't get upset if you don't get – or if he plays bad. You can't get upset if next year's contract is not worth the same amount of money that you was trying to get before. It could be devalued. It could be less, like 50% less, all depending. So you've taken a really big gamble. I just hope that he knows what he's doing. So. But I heard Le'Veon Bell didn't sign his either. But, you know, of course he wants to go for the the big-time contract just because of who he is. And I think he'll get what he's going to what he's going to get as long as he stays healthy this season. But um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Cousins plays this season. They've got some weapons around him, so if he's going to play up to his ability or beyond his ability and really try to, to take the market by storm next uh, next year. And it will be also interesting to see if Corey Hunter is doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting tech that he's pulling out. I think Kirk Cousins is not going to be on the Redskins next year, you know, hurt or no hurt. I think he's wanting to go. He's getting some money out of the deal. Two twenty-five plus million dollar guarantees out the door. I can't necessarily hate on that <laughs> too much. He's getting his money. Yeah, yeah. I, I played I play the Redskins because the Redskins had every opportunity to lock him, lock him long term. You know, he he pimped him for forty-five million dollars, and now he's gonna he's about to bounce. Yeah. We'll see if it all be if uh, we'll see if it's all worthwhile. Um, well, we're coming up to the end. I didn't expect to go this quick, but we're coming up to almost towards the end. So I want to give you guys a moment to let everybody know where they can find you and where they can reach you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at catdaddy1963. That's catdaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me at J-E-R-O-S, uh, J-E-R-O-S-S, the number seven, at, you can find me on the Gram, Snapchat, and um, Facebook. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. I am Al Qualls. Again, that's I am Al Qualls. I'd like to thank my co-hosts with me, Adrian and Earl, for another great um, podcast of Guys Talking Sports. Again, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you check it out on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on the Google um, Play. And make sure you subscribe. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. But for now, this is Guys Talking Sports. And until the next time, you guys take care. Come on, EA. Come <laughs> on. Do backwards compatibility for NCAA 14. Come on. We need this on Xbox. Xbox One. All that. Okay, goodness. Come on. Do it. Make it happen, EA. Stop being beat. Stop guessing.